This is Open to Hope Radio, featuring Dr. Gloria Horsley and her daughter, Dr. Heidi Horsley, coming to you on behalf of the Open to Hope Foundation, dedicated to those who are looking for hope after loss. Now, here's Dr. Gloria. Welcome to the Open to Hope Show. I'm your host, Dr. Gloria Horsley, with my co-host, Dr. Heidi Horsley. Well, Heidi, hello from California. Hi, Mom. Good afternoon from New York City. All right. So, Heidi, I hope people uh, will tune in to our public access TV shows that we're doing. In January, we're doing a couple of great shows, one on uh, sibling loss. What's the other one we're doing? How do you have a mental block? The death of a parent? Oh, yeah, on parent loss. Oh, my goodness. And that's what we're talking about today. Yeah. So go on and we'll talk a little bit more about our public access. And we've done child loss and we've done spouse loss on public access. And we also have some new books out that you might want to look at on ebooks. We've got a spouse loss on ebooks and we've got handling the first year. And we've got signs and connections, which we are very excited about all those books. So please go on our site and take a look at them. Heidi. I hope people are reading those wonderful articles on our website, and I'm excited because Beth Marshall's on our show today, and she wrote a great book called A Time to Heal. It's really kind of a journal, and we'll be talking about that with Beth, and she's an author and speaker, and she loves helping people find hope and healing through grief, and her journey began with the shocking death of her best friend, her mom, and I love that idea that she says her mom's her best friend. I do, wonderful. Yeah, she's the author of A Time to Heal, a grief journal created after this tragedy of having her mom die. And welcome to the show, Beth, and thank you for being one of our Open to Hope authors. Thank you, ladies. This is a real pleasure to be here today. We are so happy to have you on. And uh, talk a little bit about your mom. I know on your uh, website you talk about her. She sounds like an amazing woman. I did. Um, she, uh, we called her Beezy. Her name was Beatrice. And that's not a name I would give one of my children, but they thought that was a great name back in the day. Um, but we called her Beezy. And uh, she, this was really um, a sweet story. She had just gotten remarried. And she was 71, and her beloved husband was 81. So the last thing we thought in the entire world was that she might possibly die before him. But um, about nine months after um, they got married, we got this shocking phone call. And I think... That call just started a lot of memories about childhood and growing up in a big family with five kids, and we had two really psychotic kind of poodle mix dogs. I don't. I hope you don't have poodles. <laughs> I apologize to anyone that does have poodles, but they were crazy dogs. But it was uh, it was kind of the neighborhood house where everybody wanted to go. There about dinner time, there were always a bunch of strays, and I mean stray children, uh, coming mm-hmm. around looking for a delicious meal. And so that was kind of the picture. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what did she die of? They think it was a heart attack. Wow. Uh And it was was no warning. It was before the days of, well, we didn't have call waiting. And we had gotten two prior calls looking for medical information. But, I mean, all in the course of maybe 10 minutes. Right. Um, Wow. But, yeah. It was, it was too late. Uh, yeah, sudden and shocking. You know, Heidi and I were talking before the show how we think this show is really important because a lot of times people talk about the loss of a parent when they're children, when they were a child that lost a parent, but sometimes we don't talk about having adults lose adult parents and how important those people are in our lives mm-hmm. and, and what a shock it is. I have a friend who 
lived with her mother and I actually played golf with her and I remember her mother died and it was so so difficult for her I didn't feel like people gave her the kind of support they could have because they were like oh how old was she and she said 70 and people said oh oh that's too bad you know whereas they didn't get in there and give support I don't know right I think when a parent or a grandparent dies I think that is sort of the order of things we expect and I felt like I did get good support mostly from people but I think the situation with parents we had become such friends which I know that you two are it's very obvious In adulthood, and it was so much fun when our children were little, she was such a part of that, that literally a month after her death, picked up the phone and dialed her number. And I know probably some of your listeners have done that, and I went, oh, Mm you know, and, you know, realized I couldn't do that. But I think we had become so much more than a mother and daughter at that point. Mm -hmm. We, you know, talked, would talk on the phone maybe three times a week, something Mm -hmm. like that. You know, but, and so I think that relationship with a mom and a daughter or a son and a um, father or mother is such a, is such a special relationship because they know everything about us and hopefully love us anyway. That's the part that I couldn't get over. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Also, also, uh, you lose your historian, (laughs) you know, uh, when you think about somebody and uh, you ask, well, how did that happen and, and who was she and, and that that kind of thing, you kind of lose that. Well, talk about uh, journaling and why it's been important to you. You've written this lovely book, A Time to Heal, a grief journal for people where they can go in and write about their own losses. And you also have a spiritual take because you put some scriptures at the bottom and it's really lovely. How did you end up doing this? And would you think it would be helpful for our guests to write? Absolutely. We got the call about mom. You know, we kind of coasted through those first two weeks because you're so busy, you don't really have time for the reality to hit. And it seemed like right at about two weeks, all of a sudden, the anesthesia seemed to wear off. And it was real sudden in my case. And I really didn't know where to turn. And I um, really kind of looked at bookstores, and there was a lot of stages of grief and a lot of psychological kind of things. And what I was seeing that was that nothing I was going through lined up with any of those stages. There was nothing orderly. It was all very unexpected. And there were tsunamis would wash over me at the most unexpected time. And so the one resource I found was something I already had. Love to journal. I have done that for many years. But there was a morning I can remember feeling especially worried and kind of fearful that I might forget about her and forget the fabric of our family because it was definitely not a normal family. Mm. It was... um if Martha Stewart came in, she would say, "This is the before picture." It was one. Of, it was kind of like that. But that also made it one of the coolest places to grow up. <laughs> and so um, it, there was a morning I woke up and I felt just kind of really sad. And I started to write about her. And I was determined. I thought, you know what? I'm going to write everything I can get to come to mind, and even things that were ancient history, from being a five-year-old, a six-year-old. And that particular day, I was able to devote about two hours to just writing. And I know if you you guys are probably journalists, I would imagine. I'm actually not, but I think Heidi, are you a journaler, Heidi? No, I'm not either. Okay, so you guys do your journaling by verbal, which is also great. Yeah, I think that, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, some people are journalers. Yeah, well, I found so much um, healing in it. And as I was looking way back and I was remembering things like my little brother, John, coming home from first grade, and he was so proud that he could write. And he got his little 
the blunt little scissors, and he carved in her beautiful mahogany dining room table, I love mommy, M-O-M-Y. He didn't even spell it right. Um, and what I, what I, and you know, looking back, of course, he ended up with the table, which is so not fair, right? Because he's a criminal, <laughs> right? Okay, but what was um, so beautiful that I remember even now was her reaction—that she did not go all crazy and turn a backflip and scream and yell at him. You know what a treasure. Okay, he did commit a crime, and so he got to <laughs> talk to you about that. But um, she more—I I can remember that she was um, very much into. Um, caring for the person, that a person is going to always be more important than a thing. And that's, oh, I like that. That's oh, great. Yeah. yeah, and through writing those stories, you know, when I would sit and do that, it would be some days writing through the tears, and sometimes what was um, amazing was that I saw that there would be days of smiling and laughing, and I don't know about uh-uh. your listeners, but I, I know the first time that I did that, I thought, can I do this? Is that disrespectful or is it okay to go ahead and laugh? And I think mm-hmm. what I realized through writing and writing was that it's definitely okay. I love that because, Heidi, you know, we've done some talking about laughter. You want to talk about that a little bit, what it does for people? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, it, and as you know from, from laughing yourself, Beth, I mean, it, it increases our endorphins. It increases blood flow to the heart. It makes us feel better for up to 45 minutes. And you made a really good point. I love how, first of all, you can go back in your journal and see that there's good moments and good days. Because sometimes when we're in the, the thick of grief, we don't realize that there's been anything but grief. And like my mom always says, you cannot grieve 24-7. There are moments where we let up. But, but I also love what, that you said, we feel guilty. We feel like, how dare we laugh? How dare we have moments where we have relief? Because we love that person and we should always be in grief. When the reality is, you know, the best way we can pay tribute to them is to find joy again eventually. And I love that part about the endorphins. So it's mm-hmm. medically proven. <laughs> it, it yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And there's also, you know, he said I don't journal, but actually I do write. And so does Heidi. We write articles and things. And I think sometimes, actually, I like the idea of journaling because uh, there's another thing. There's some kind of a brain-hand connection also. When you move the, make those movements with your hands, there's something that is very um, soothing about it. I, I worry sometimes that we're all on computers, you know, doing things because there there is an actual movement there. I know in your book you have some uh, religious uh, quotes in there, which will be great yeah. for people to look at. Well, do you have any favorite scriptures? I know you have some in the book. So many, yeah. Um, the ones I wrote were actually from my own spiral journal, how I got started. And I was just, you know, looking through the Psalms especially, but there's one in Revelations. In Revelation, for people who are who know the Lord, that one day there will be no more sadness, no more sickness, that all of this will pass away. And to me, that I think that's the last scripture in the book. But knowing that truth, you know, I hadn't known that for a long time, but I didn't know it deep down in my heart. Um, also, that God is close to the brokenhearted, and that He's fully able to heal our wounds. And I think this was the first time I really needed, I, I knew it in my head, but I needed to trust this. And I needed mm-hmm. to know these words are real. And that regardless, the, another quick side note, it, the book ended up in, in New York and Washington. I'll tell you a bit about that in a moment. But it was designed after 9-11. Mm-hmm. And, and I knew at, at the uh, Ground Zero site that there were people of every faith and no faith and everything in between. 
And what was so remarkable was that um, the, the journal, Time to Heal a Grief Journal, has been you know, widely accepted because I think when people are hurting, they want something to make them better. And mm-hmm. so when I put it together after 9-11, I used the very scriptures that were in my own personal journal. And so I was just pouring them right out. But um, it's, it's turned out that the, the response has been very positive. People have been very appreciative of those being in, in the book. Absolutely. And the neat thing is you can go to her book and there are plenty of places for you to journal. And then down at the bottom, she'll have something like Daniel 9.9, the Lord our God is merciful and forgiving. And you can write your comments about it. I think that's great. And I know you've gone out and done some wonderful work in the world, too, for yourself. Besides writing your book, you've worked with the care ministry coordinator of a church in South Carolina. Carolina. Tell us a little bit about that, because you told us what the numbers have increased. Right, right. Um, that was an adventure I kind of just jumped into. I had worked for 25 years for Delta Airlines, and right about the time I took early out, this care ministry job became available. And I thought, well, you know, I, I could learn that. And what I realized is that I think a lot of the work I would do in meeting with people, it just comes from life experience. And then faith definitely comes in together. So what we would do, it was, it's not at all counseling, but it's just pastoral assistance, being available, visiting hospitals, that sort of thing. But I found it was right up my alley. And then um, a lot, I became, the, I guess, the designated person when there was a death in the family. And there was a season, this was pretty unusual, but it was um, the last two weeks of December where we had 13 church members lost an immediate family member in two weeks. Wow. Well, Beth, you know, that is, uh, Heidi, we always talk about how people can take these experiences and transform them. I would certainly say that's it, from loss of a mother to be able to do that care ministry, wouldn't you? Absolutely, yes. I love how you've done this and how many lives you've touched and brought hope to so many people out of your own adversity and your loss. You know, I, I know you all have done the very same thing, but what I've seen and through other people that have had very traumatic losses is mm-hmm. that I think it's part of the healing process when we can reach the point where we're ready to turn around and to share what we've kind of seen on our path with someone else. It seems like all we do is get a little bit stronger. I love that comment. We get a little bit stronger. We certainly don't look for our ad- adversity, but I like to say that People ask, uh, you never get over the loss, and I say, you mean it, you don't get over it, you transform it, and it becomes into new and beautiful Mm -hmm. things when people are ready, don't you think, Hyde? Absolutely, and I I agree with Beth. As we serve others and turn our grief outward, we ourselves begin to heal and continue to heal. And I'm taking notes from both of you right now about transforming. (laughs) 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 Uh, I've never heard it put just exactly that way, and that's just beautiful. Because I think when people, I think society sometimes whispers without meaning to get over it. You know, it's been, it's been a month now. Is that not hilarious that someone could actually make much progress in a month? But I feel like there are people who are led to believe I should be in better shape now. I should be farther down the road. And I think what I've seen is that nobody has ever walked our exact road. I like that. It's true. had our relationship with the person that that we've lost. But uh, the idea of transformation, that's exactly what happened. Right. Did you have a thought, Heidi? No, just that I'm liking this conversation, and I agree. I agree with exactly what you and Beth are saying about that we transform our lives, and we said over and over on the show, 
disclosure is for bank accounts, not love accounts, and we <laughs> take our loved ones with us in new and different ways. We continue those bonds in new and different ways, and they give us endless energy, and they are our guiding lights as we go and do this work. I was thinking of my own mother and my relationship with her, and she was a real pistol, and she uh, wasn't she, Heidi, your grandma? Oh, totally. I love Phyllis. Absolutely. <laughs> and, she, <laughs> and I think she's in everything we do. She had humor. She had energy. She had spark, yeah. and, and she'd be, you know, saying go for it so um, uh, blessings to you on, on the loss of your mother and uh, great that she has informed your life that you've been able to go on and do the things you have because uh, you certainly got a spark and I'm sure that's directly from her well ladies I thank you so much it's interesting in my work now with teaching people about journaling uh, and helping people through grief your website is one of the first places I send them and so uh, it's amazing how the community of care, I feel like, is really coming together, especially with the Internet. Yeah, the Internet's amazing. Yeah. So tell people where they can find you on the net. Absolutely. It is, it's called a atimetohealjournal.com. And on there, it's, uh, I try to keep it light. I write pretty short posts so someone, if they just need a nugget of encouragement, can just click over there, get the nugget, and run. So it's, you know, it's not a place you have to spend a lot of time. Mm -hmm. And so that was my goal. All right, and you can find her on our Open to Hope website, too, because she's one of our authors, and we appreciate her being part of our Open to Hope community. And I want to say to you folks out there, speaking of that, if you're a person who writes and would like to apply to become part of uh, one of our writers for the Open to Hope community, just go to opentohope.com and go down to the bottom and click on, on Write for Us, or you can also uh, join us by writing in on our forums. We love to have you do that, and we love to hear from you and uh, hope that you will visit us. And uh, as Heidi said, uh, always says, if you are lacking hope right now, we ask you to lean on ours till you find your own. And thanks for being on the show today, Beth. Thank you, ladies. It's been a real joy, and I hope I'll talk with you again soon. Thanks, Beth. Thank you, Heidi. So, Hyde, great show. Uh, I love. I like this idea of talking about having older family members um, pass away because yeah, I mean, we know it's hard for you folks out there if you've had that. Mm-hmm, absolutely. I mean, and, you know, to have a mom in your life and have her die, it's huge. As you know, Mom, because your mom has died, you're, our mothers are in our lives forever. We don't even know what the world is like without them. So to all of a sudden not have them is an absolutely monumental, huge event. So, uh, yes, we totally understand. Our hearts go out to Beth and to you, Mom, and to anyone out there who's lost a parent. And I love that Beth said you can go on her site and you can go on our site and read more about Beth and get nuggets, little nuggets of, of hope and little nuggets of healing. I think that is wonderful. Absolutely. Well, thanks for listening and uh, tune in again next week. You've been listening to Open to Hope Radio, hosted by Drs. Gloria and Heidi Horsley. Like today's edition, all of our past programs are available on demand at opentohope.com, along with helpful articles, videos, resources, and links to help get you through the toughest time of your life. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter and sign up for our monthly newsletter. Again, that's opentohope.com. Check it out today. Then be sure to stop by next Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time when we'll be posting another edition of Open to Hope Radio. Remember, others have been where you are. They made it through, and you can too, as long as you're open to hope. <laughs>